0: Yo, what's up? Welcome to the Movie newbie. I'm your host, Jabril, and get ready for the show. Just a word of warning. Spoilers ahead. Yo, what's up, guys? And we are back with episode eight. I can't believe it. We've we've done quite a bit, guys. Like, I'm pretty proud of us. Pretty proud of us. Uh, Yeah. yeah. So we we are back with the second movie uh, from our summer theme, I guess. And, um, I think Raf, you, you've chosen this one for me. So let's, let's see what you've got. Yes.
1: Yes. Um, I, I, it was a bit of a complicated decision, I think, because I wanted to veer a little, a little to the, uh, to the horror side of things, um, because summer, you know, it invokes as much as it invokes heat and pleasure and traveling and fun and, and comedy, there's also another side to it. And um, with this film, which is called *Midsummer*, directed by Ari Aster, who did the very, very scary and very alluring hereditary, um, I don't know if any of you have seen it. Jabril, you probably haven't because it's even scarier than this one, I believe. But Midsommar, uh, let me paint the premise for you a little bit. It's the story of a group of American graduate students who are invited or lured by a Swedish friend to a remote summer festival, uh, which turns out to involve a series of ritual murders. And I won't say anything more because I feel like I've already told too much. But um, yeah, so a, a bit of a horror for you, Gabriel. Uh, but now that you've gotten a bit of a taste uh, of these films, maybe you'll be brave enough to venture into this one. Uh, I'd like to tell you, though, that it's not... There's no jump scares. It's not in-your-face kind of horror. So it's nothing like that. It's very progressive. It's very slow. It's very metaphorical, uh, elusive, a lot, of, a lot of allegory behind it. So it's more symbolic horror. It's more
2: disturbing at times than horrific, mm, Absolutely.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. So, so I'm sorry. <laughs> I am sorry. I just wanted to choose something a little different for, for our summer, for our summer <laughs> entry here. So there you have it. Yeah,
2: I'm excited to talk about this with you guys. Um, uh, I've uh, I, I I saw this film in the cinema uh, when it came out. I think it was last year. Yeah, la- yeah, last year. Uh, yeah, last summer. Yeah,
1: yeah, It came out last
2: Funnily summer. Enough, yeah, it did, and yeah. um, but I haven't revisited it since. And yeah, Jay, I'm I'm excited to hear what you think.
0: You guys fucking suck.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say there's gonna be there's gonna be a review here. <laughs> Uh, all right yeah so yeah.
0: yeah all right well i guess i gotta go watch this movie um, et this uh, is not <laughs> and and not enjoy any of it <laughs> um, or who no, no, knows you no.
1: might come out of it a,
0: you I, know pu- a sh- like a you guys set up Zanny right before.
2: <laughs> you guys
0: you guys set up um green room to be pretty scary and i think Barry to be scary as well and I didn't find those
2: movies scary at all. So, um, oh, there you go. Yeah, you probably so, overestimate how easily scared you are.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, so I think I think um it'll be interesting. Let's see. Let's see.
2: mm
0: mm-hmm. Mhm. Best summer. All right. Well, I guess I'll go and get get to this movie and I'll catch you guys in a little bit. We're back. Just watched fucking shit show of a movie Midsommar <laughs> oh. um fuck you guys you know <laughs> <laughs> you guys suck, right? okay so we're just
2: getting we're just getting right into it are we <laughs> yeah right right let's yeah, do it yeah, let's, let's do it I'm
0: just <laughs> gonna start off okay go on so I did not enjoy this movie mm. that's like let's just put that out there I did not enjoy this movie um it made me feel <laughs> really uncomfortable uh i had to I had to do it in two sittings i had to stop halfway just because of like just the crazy amount of an- anxiety that i was feeling it, uh, where exactly well, did you do I you remember like where it. you paused
1: where where exactly did you pause
0: uh it was pretty much on the one hour mark so right before um danny had her dream oh, okay her nightmare yeah yeah it was right before
2: that And Um, what was your, what was your thought process when you turned it, when you, when you paused it and walked away? Were you just like, I, I, this is too much for me. I, I can't do this. I, I I just need a break. Let me just
0: take it from the beginning. Like, um, I think 10 minutes in and I was already feeling gross, you know, Mm. like really Mm. uncomfortable and and anxious. Um, it's a heavy beginning. Uh, it's a very heavy beginning, Mm. but not just that, like the, from the get-go you know like there was just really eerie music eerie sounds you know like using violins on an off note kind of thing you know mm. like it just really didn't make me feel good and um as the movie went on it just started making me feel worse and worse so i knew i wasn't i wasn't going to be able to watch this movie like it was going to be impossible plus i had a had to call my cousin and stuff but Main thing is like I knew I wouldn't be able to finish this movie with the way things were going. So I guess having that in my mind, I already was like, okay, trying to figure out a time to to cut it short. So I basically said I'll get to the halfway point, which was, I guess, like an hour, five minutes or something, because I watched because I heard there's two different cuts of this this movie. So I watched the director's cut, which is I think longer. Oh no way! That's like hours. a three-hour.
2: That's like a three-hour cut. I think.
0: It was um, two hundred and seventeen minutes or eleven minutes. Gee, that's, that's like more that? than two hundred eleven. I'm not. That's sure. like
2: three and a half hours. <laughs> is that three and a half hours? Okay, <laughs> yeah. then maybe I watched the theatrical version. Uh, maybe do you mean, I'm do you mean like two hours and seventeen minutes? <laughs> It was two hours and 17 minutes, the yeah. one that I watched. Yeah, yeah. I, I think, think that's, that would that's, have been okay, the theatrical Okay, so that's the theatrical cut. one. Yeah, yeah. yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. yeah, yeah. I'd have, I was about to say that it'd be, <laughs> it'd be a real shame as the one person who didn't like this movie if you were the only one of us who actually sat through the director's extended cut.
0: <laughs> oh,
1: that, that or you watched like, a completely different film.
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> like we know, we already know that I don't, like I can't sit through movies. Like this was yeah. already super long. So yeah, there's two like, things you should know about Jabril. Well,
2: there's two things our audience should know about Jabril as uh, movie watchers that he he finds it hard to sit through long movies and he hates horror films. So a director's three-hour cut of *Midsommar*, I can <laughs> understand why well, that would have been a real chore for you.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So my mind, when I stopped the movie, I was just like, "I'm done. Like this is too much for me right now. I need to, I don't know, watch something else just to chill out." And uh, were, were you scared? Yeah, I just or, didn't or just, enjoy it. were you scared I know, or I wasn't uncomfortable? Scared. Okay, I wasn't scared. I was just very uncomfortable and anxious. I didn't like it mm. like
1: it's very anxiety I just, inducing i have to I have to agree with you on that yeah, 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 yeah. they do that well
0: like I didn't like the characters. they just felt very alienating, mm-hmm. you know every every single character. um I don't know if that was the intention, I guess if it was if it was the intention, it was done really well. But it just felt so strange. i mm. I really have no like it I guess the best explanation of this movie would be like the most beautiful nightmare you could ever have because oh, visually nice. the yeah, movie absolutely. the experience is really nice. It's just a beautiful movie, the way it's shot, the long shots. Mm-hmm. Um, the attention to detail on the set, like the the painting like the indoor um the paintings of like the. The houses, they're indoors, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm, like the walls mm-hmm. and wallpaper or whatever they were using. Um, that was the really the, cool. the
2: production design in this film is incredible because they, I do yeah, believe they the, built the
0: costumes. that. Mm-hmm.
2: They built that commune from, from scratch, scratch, essentially yeah. scratch. on like on like uh, yeah. free land, and those tableaus that you see on the walls and also yeah. on like on canvases throughout uh, are just because um, mm. they also usually will give you a, a little sneak peek of what's about to happen in the story as well.
0: Yeah. Mm. So I was wondering, how long did this movie take to film?
1: Um, Well, uh, despite it being supposedly set in Sweden, it was actually shot most of the part in Hungary. But um, I believe the production, although I don't have concrete information on how long it actually took, it it must have been maybe seven to to nine weeks uh, of, of filming. But that yeah. I could be I could be drastically wrong with with those numbers
0: because like I don't know how lighting works, but to use that much like natural sunlight, I don't know if you can if if there's a way to make things looking like to make things look the way they did, you know, like well the exposure of it, using I think natural sunlight. Yeah, yeah, I probably. think they
1: probably max. Uh, maxed out the exposure and really made sure that um, that the film looks lit, <laughs> for lack of a better word. Mm. Um, and <laughs> and, and, and the, the, the interesting thing is you never get a shot of the actual sun. So it feels like it's in a dreamlike yeah. state, right? Cause it's all just yeah. like almost white light as if they were in this like idyllic, well, which they are in this idyllic kind of land and everything is like over yeah. overexposed and over exaggerated in a sense.
2: Yeah. And I think, I think though that the, the, I think, sorry, I think they would have probably got quite lucky with the um, weather as well, because if it was, since it was shot in Budapest. So, you know, fun fact, I actually spent pretty much the first four years of my life in Budapest. And if I, you know, recall correctly, their summers are traditionally pretty hot Mm. and quite sunny. So, you know, I wouldn't Mm. have been surprised if they were able to fall back on the actual weather conditions a lot too. But then you're right they definitely would have used like a really high exposure rate on the camera and they mm-hmm. probably used a lot of lighting on close-ups to kind of wash out the people and sort of, you know, mm-hmm. use that really strong intense light that just kind yeah. of, you know, illuminates everything. And it's like quite uncomfortable.
1: Yeah. yeah, and most of it is very much natural lighting, I think. Um there was uh, there's a lot of behind the the scene uh, footage on this, and Ari Aster um, stated that they had to pause uh, shooting whenever there was a cloud in sight or there was a cloud oh. kind of you know over uh, over the sun. So they wanted to make sure that the sun uh, light was always there. So if ever there was a bit of rain or clouds, they would actually stop the the, the shoot. To, in order to wait and and to, to get the sun back. So the sun was vital mm-hmm. for for this for the technical um wizardry okay. of this film.
2: And I wonder if if yeah. um whenever the weather was not um accommodating, like say it was just an overcast day, maybe they used those days to shoot all the interiors. Yeah,
1: yeah. You'd think that they that, that's the kind of scheduling they would have to go with.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean sometimes or, it's not that easy because you obviously have to plan these things in advance with actors availabilities yeah. and stuff. Yeah, but. for sure. I I wouldn't be surprised they would
0: they would have practiced like choreography and stuff because Oh for sure. Like, oh absolutely what was going on in the background and the foreground and everything. Um it gave a very theatrical impression. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. You know?
0: It um it it to me it looked like they had access to the biggest stage ever. And they used that set super well. That's okay. that's like what like visually this movie is a masterpiece Mm. it's beautiful okay yeah here we go visually it's amazing yeah but story-wise I didn't like it Mm -hmm. um character-wise I didn't really enjoy but yeah this is just basic. these are basically what I felt like visually amazing um storyline-wise and character-wise I didn't enjoy it and that's where I'm coming from
2: well, how about okay? Well, before we dig into your problems with it on a story level, mm. um, we can go around the table. Raf, you suggested this film actually, um, so you're kind of its champion. What do you What do you think of this movie?
1: Um, upon watching it again, I I think uh, technically uh, it is a, a marvel to to kind of look at, uh, and there are. Moments in this film that make you that induce. There's a lot of there's a lot of uh, moments in this film that make you feel as if you were feeling what the characters are actually feeling, um, including you know some of the psychedelic um, scenes. Those are so unnerving because it makes you feel like you're tripping out with them. Like visually, what he's what Ari Aster is able to do, and with the crew uh, behind all this post production. Um, what they're able to do is give you insight on how it actually feels to trip the way they're tripping. So in a way it's very cathartic and, um, and that, that there's a lot of, there's a lot of that in this film story, story aside, uh, the score, the, 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 the set, the, the technical wizardry to, to really, uh, culminate all these feelings. Uh, I, I feel like that, that they did that wonderfully. Um, and, and that's just the only thing that I will take from this film is, yeah, perhaps I'm with you there on the story. Um, it, it, it tends to be a bit flawed and you can see sometimes through it, but because there's such a vivid painting over it. Um, your eyes are still wondering and they're still very curious to what's happening in and out, right? So you always have to take a second glance. you always have to maybe lean a little a little bit forward to to see what's really there. I like when films do that they don't they don't really show you everything that's there. Um, although this film's mm-hmm. strength is um, the fact that it's it's sunny, it's summer, it's daylight. And not a lot of horror films take that aspect on, you know, they ask that, that, that kind of um, everything's there for you to, to witness, for you to see. There's no lurking in the shadows. There's no like darkness creeping in. It's, it's, it's vivid, it's bright, and it's all there. But then again, there are few bits, if you look at it again, you will see like a few little breadcrumbs that they've displayed on screen, or you know the foreshadowing that occurs throughout mm-hmm. this film. You know, um, yep. there are really some 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 clever some clever aspects to this film, which which. Uh, well, I
2: uh, yeah. I think you know it's it's I think the 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 the, the use of sunlight. Um, as opposed to darkness is really interesting because as we all know, traditionally horror, the horror genre plays with darkness, with, um, you know, the unknown with, Mm uh, what is lurking in the shadows, what we cannot see and plays on that fear. Mm -hmm. Whereas this, everything is exposed in the sunlight, everything is Mm -hmm. out there in the open. And that's not just in terms of, um, you know, everything is being lit and there are no shadows, you're also, like you said, with the uh, with what you can see on the walls, the tableaus, mm-hmm. Every like everything is there for you to see. Like yeah. when these characters walk mm. into this commune and they're w- looking at the vin, the um, the stories and the characters that are painted on the walls of the buildings that they're sleeping in. That tells you what exactly is going to happen to them. So there's no hiding mm. it really. They're not being. I mean, obviously there is deception that goes on and subterfuge that goes on in the plot, but. It's really right there for you to see it right in front of mm-hmm, your eyes.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, doesn't, what's the Swedish friend's name? I can't remember. Uh, Pele.
2: Pele, yeah. Pele? Pele. Pele? Oh, yeah. I, mm. I, I'm, um, I'm not I sure. one of us is right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. If we have any Swedish listeners, which I'm pretty sure we don't, um, you can, you can call in or well, not call in. You can, uh, write an email to us or comment on our social media. Yeah. Comments, let us know, if yeah. you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um,
0: we're still figuring it out. <laughs> but he even, when he's explaining to Danny um, how he lost his parents, he says his parents died in a burning house. Mm-hmm. And that's pretty much what happens at the end of the movie. So mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I
1: mean, it's, it's, it's sprinkled throughout. Um, they, they basically mm-hmm. tell you, they reveal the plot to you. If you look carefully, the plot is there for you and the ending yeah. is even there for you. I, I believe like even in the beginning when uh, in, in Danny's apartment, there's a painting of, of a woman with a crown and a bear. And mm. there are just these things, which I mean, horror films do that. They they, they riddled you with with foreshadowing. And that's just, I believe yeah. that, that that's the trinkets of, of horror films. But this, uh, as we're speaking about the, uh, you know, the theme of summer and, and the sun, Uh, It's a new form of darkness, you know, it's so everything is visible and uh, disorientating and and it plays with that aspect of broad daylight, which is for me, it's such a new element and it's the film's scariest component. I mean, um, it it, it like gives it this facade, this beautiful veil um, only to reveal, you know, the more sinister plot that's lurking behind it. But that's, um, that was definitely one of the strongest components for me and, and the scariest.
0: Foreshadowing was just way too obvious. I felt like I knew what was going to happen already. You know, mm. like I felt like there were too many cues. And that's one thing that I don't like about horror movies in general is that in every, they try to shove foreshadowing in your face like throughout the movie. And um, I felt that with this film. Mm. Like, it it was it was just too obvious for me right right
2: i think yeah that is yeah. one that is one interesting choice on the behalf of the filmmakers for this for Midsommar, is that i mean you go into a horror movie because you know you're watching a horror movie you know you kind of can tell sort of what will happen by the end you just don't know how it's going to get there mm-hmm. so there's not a ton of suspense because you just know things are going to go bad and there's something sinister happening um in the back in the background or in the foreground. Um, But with this film, I don't think they even pretend to try to, uh, you know, to to try to surprise the audience in terms Mm. of what is happening. They don't make any effort to kind of create that level of suspense or doubt. They, if, you know, a lot of the time when a character is killed off, you can kind of see it happening on screen and, you know, straight from the get-go that something is not right in this Mm. commune. And that um, these characters are all about to be, you know, that these characters are most of them anyway are going to be uh, picked apart and that they're going to be used essentially as cannon fodder for this weird cult. But I don't think the film I don't think the film cares that, you know, that or that it's not a surprise. I think that the the, um, it's just they just want you to uh, to just enjoy the process of watching like a complete like a disaster happen in slow motion Mm. unfold.
1: Yeah and I believe it was supposed to be originally supposed to be a slasher film so the fact that they changed that to to bring in a more um a, a much slower pace and a much um sinister kind of cultish um plot uh makes it seem like yeah there is a bit more to enjoy rather than just to kill for sake for the sake of killing um I guess they try to bring in symbolism, uh, in, 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 the rituals, you know, in, in their deaths, there's a lot more meaning to it. But then again, I try to find explanations on a lot of these, um, rituals or a lot of these, uh, symbols and a lot of it, like as soon as you scratch the surface, you're right there. Um, I, I, I was on this website and they were explaining that, um, a, a, apart from the, uh, like the two last deaths being really symbolic, and I'm talking about the uh, one where it's like the blood eagle, um, which is an actual ritual, and in, mm-hmm. in, in uh, back in the Viking days they used to do that. Which is also you can see it in the Vikings TV show if any of our listeners watch that. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But so, so just yeah, for the listener, you're
2: you're you're referring to the sorry, you're referring to the character who's. Uh, body is suspended by I believe uh, it was the British, the the wires. British character. Yeah. yeah, whose body the is British suspended by wires. In the chicken coup. Yeah,
1: yeah, exactly. Yeah, mm, and his, yeah.
2: his body is suspended by wires, dissected, in a way that his lungs are still functioning essentially. I couldn't have right? put it
1: in better words. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Thank you, Ollie. <laughs> yeah.
2: um, no worries. Just, just, just to, for those who maybe yeah. haven't seen the film. Yeah, to, yeah. to
1: paint the picture <laughs> vividly. Uh, thank you, Ollie. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Uh, no problem. <laughs> I got you. But,
1: <laughs> but um, yeah. Now I'm disturbed. Shit. What was I talking about? Um, <laughs> but yeah. So I think there is that level of. Maybe there isn't that much depth once you start scratching for um, for these symbols. You know what I mean? Um, they like to put these things in the forefront, just maybe because it does look a bit creepy and weird. But there's no actual um, in-depth uh, symbol behind all of it, um, which yeah. I find to be ashamed. Because yeah,
2: I will. I will just. I guess I'll just say that. Um. So my thoughts in the film are this. I think that. Yeah, on a it's 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 um a really impressive piece of work on an, on a few levels, uh visually, like you guys have said, I, I I think it's um fantastically put together. I think the score in particular is incredible. I think there are some great performances in it, and I think that it does something quite novel in that I've never, I, I don't think I've ever seen a horror film that has um portrayed horror in such an idyllic fashion. I think mm-hmm. that the way the, the way these scenes of horror and violence are depicted, the way they are shot and scored, it's as if it's something triumphant or something that is almost like divine. Like, it, 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 like the, I don't think I've ever seen such gore um, set against such beautiful music that you'd expect to hear, I don't know, maybe... In a church or it feels like it should be scoring something um, really triumphant, yet it's uh, something really depraved and yeah. fucked up, frankly. And so I think and and to expose that all in sunlight, I just think that's a really novel approach to the genre of horror on a story level. I, I'll agree with you guys that I, I I think it it does have some problems. I think that so I, I think. So for those who don't know, the filmmaker Ari Aster, this is his second film. He kind of broke onto the scene, onto the horror scene with a real bang mm-hmm. with the 2018 film Hereditary. Which
1: deeply haunted me, by the way.
2: Yeah. And, and I, well, I think that was another impressive film. Like, clearly yeah. I knew straight away after watching it that this guy was a really impressive filmmaker. Mm-hmm. But I had the same feeling at the end of that that I did at the end of watching this film, which is that... Um, Ultimately, it the spoiler for Hereditary, but it deals somewhat similarly with um, a paganistic cult. Mm-hmm. And um, I felt like ultimately at the end of the day, all the scenes that we see leading up to the ending, they're really impressively put together, but ultimately it feels like they would, he just wrote those in this because he wanted to show the most artfully disturbed thing he could think of. Yeah. And when it came time to actually explain what the um why this was important to the story or what this represented for the characters it's just kind of like explained in a really dismissive fashion like oh you know mm-hmm. this is just a weird ritual they do because they're weird pagans and yeah, yeah. so it's uh, so in that sense, it's a little bit style over substance.
1: Poor pagans, man. They're just getting some some uh, misre- misrepresentation out there.
2: <laughs> yeah, I feel like there's not there's not a positive, you know, there's not there needs to be a more positive depiction of the pagan community. Yeah, absolutely. What, what Between do this feel and the like Wicker like Man. Yeah, come on. Yeah, absolutely. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh uh, which uh, obviously the Wicker uh, Man
1: is another reference that uh, this film draws uh, huge inspiration from.
2: Yeah. yeah the yeah. wicked man will have to watch at some point at some Jabril. point yeah another culty mm- movie <laughs> or... yeah,
1: maybe well maybe i don't know we'll see Jabriel, because like with this one as you say you didn't you didn't really like it and uh our choices aren't always uh you mm. know aren't always the right ones so sorry that you had to
0: endure <laughs> this Jabriel. Yeah. I mean like this is this is for me to learn, you know? I gotta learn about film. Absolutely. So, absolutely. Well if
2: you want to have a well-rounded film knowledge, you they can't all be winners, right? You have to Exactly to, to you have to watch some bad ones. You you gotta get you gotta try yeah. some rotten apples yeah. in a bunch.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. For sure. So with this movie basically, um I'm with you, Ollie, on the story. So the story, this is pretty funny, but like the <laughs> impression I got is like <laughs> um this was like a very high-budget, like, Evanescence music video from like <laughs> 2003, you know? Like, where there's just random imagery, like, in Scandinavia, and there's, like, kind of a story, but not really a story, and then just it's just weird shit happening, and that's pretty much the movie to me. I don't and know what I
1: love more. Your, two hours. your James Milner reference or your Evanescence reference?
2: Yeah, that is your your um your random reference game is is it's, really on it's point. On
1: point, yeah. I think you're like
2: really carving out a great niche for yourself on this like yeah. panel of hosts.
1: Hopefully, the listeners also. You know, there's probably some listeners out there like, yeah, you know, Evanescence. That's what I saw.
2: Well, like, to be honest, I mean, aren't the vast majority of our listeners basically our mates? Yeah. Who we so, were. So they're they get people it. that. Big they so, so they're, yeah, yeah, we're all part of the same generation. Yeah. We're really like talking uh, to our audience here.
1: Uh, well, let's hope our mates <laughs> listen much. to this. Jesus.
2: Imagine <laughs> our friends don't even listen. I don't know about you guys, but I'm testing my friends on a weekly basis. Okay. Like, again, I'll yeah. ask them, did you guys yeah. listen to the latest podcast? And they'll be like, yeah, totally, totally. And I'm like, oh, really? Okay. Um, that's, that's okay. What my so wife what exactly says. were. So what exactly were my thoughts on um, the mythology behind Et?
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> I want direct quotes. Yeah. No, yeah. just just tell them. You know, we have we have analytics, we have stats, we can see yeah. who's we listening. We always know. Yeah. Anyways, the all knowing eye. Of Anyways, Jesus. yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, yeah, the the storyline just was. I felt. Like it could have been any story, and would, it, and I would have still gotten the same effect because of the score. Mm-hmm. I think that was the most important component mm-hmm. to make it feel
2: eerie and strange. Mm-hmm. And so, we should shout, and we should shout out. Sorry, the um, yeah. the composer, the uh, uh, um, a musician mm. called I can't pronounce his last name, Bobby Krylick, but he also performs under the name of Haxen Cloak, which yes. is a really mm. um, uh, a really eccentric. And you know, idiosyncratic electronic act who's um who, who who have released a couple of albums that I really mm-hmm.
0: enjoy. Yeah. So everything there was only one bit in the movie where I was like, huh, oh, this is kinda of funny, like at least music wise, um, was when they first enter the, the commune and there were like three people playing the flute. <laughs> And there was just one of the dudes was just like it, was, it made me laugh so much.
2: <laughs> I do um, think I, I do think at the
0: correspond a, with the music.
2: Yeah, and I but I actually think there are a lot of funny scenes in this movie. Like I think There was like a lot of funny baseball. Yeah, like, I what think what is going on. Well, I think a lot of I think like um Ariaster, one of his what's well, gonna become one of his signature signature touches. Is the smash cut to like a decapitated head. Yeah. Because if you yeah. watch Hereditary, yeah. there's another like that, shot like yeah. that. And it's so over the top and almost like unnecessary. Like, you know, yeah. that scene, we passed that scene a while ago, but we're just going to give you a random shot of the of the caved in head. And whenever that, yeah, random whenever, closer. yeah whenever that happens with like the ominous boom in the, the soundtrack, I just feel like he's kind of messing with the audience a little yeah, bit
1: yeah I like the himself, yeah i think he's just amusing himself
2: and i think like almost mm-hmm. even the beginning which i think thoroughly upset you Jerry Brill, but i think in almost like how unbelievably fucked up the situation the scenario that they're portraying at the very beginning of the movie is oh, i think yeah. that's almost like absurdly yeah. that's so absurdly twisted that it's almost funny i don't yeah. know about you guys it maybe can, that's just my no, sense of humor go no, i did i did not find that funny i found it yeah ollie what just... the fuck <laughs> Uh, very very. Um, okay, I'm not saying I laughed out. And... I'm not saying I laughed out loud at it. I just think it's quite ri- it's quite ridiculous.
1: Dead parents and a dead daughter. You twisted fuck, Holly. Yeah. Uh,
0: no, I'm just
2: saying it's it's, it's <laughs> so no, no, ridiculous. I understand what you're saying. Like it's so
0: ridiculous that they got dead, to I'm that in the first like five minutes of the movie.
2: Yeah, but, yeah.
0: Like I found it so intense and I was like you're going to start the movie like this? Dude, yeah. come on. Like ease us in a little bit.
1: It's heavy. Um, it's heavy for sure. Yeah. And um I think
0: But go on. Uh, go I was on. sorry, I was just going to uh yeah, so what makes that scene so effective is the use of off-key um chords in in the score. So usually when you hear a chord it sounds very harmonic, but what often is used in like horror movies and things that well like things to make you feel kinda out of place or uncomfortable is the use of an off-key note. So playing something deliberately wrong to make it feel kind of scary and wrong. And like I think I when I messaged you guys while watching this movie, like I, I was basically saying, fuck you guys, because you guys suck. Um <laughs> I basically message you guys the violin thing. And I thought the violin was just super scary from the get go. And that was one of the things that went throughout the movie is just the, the use of notes in different ways to effectively show what's going on. Mm -hmm. And, uh, that's what really scared Mm -hmm. the storyline. Did not make me feel scared? Some of the image that some of the imagery, um, made me feel a little bit uncomfortable but mm-hmm. it was the score that was incredible yeah visually incredible score incredible a highlight
1: uh, a serious highlight um on this film and th- th- there's nothing quite there's nothing repressive about this film it, it really does show you everything absurdly so even as um ollie kind of mentions and you know, I'm curious to see where Ari Aster's future, uh, what, what, what the future holds for him, because I would like to mm. see maybe him flipping the coin and and doing a comedy horror, because maybe he would be very strong at that with these kind of absurd, um, you know, technical mm. things that he throws in that you're like, wow, this is almost too heavy. It's funny. Um, so I kind of get your point, Ollie and um maybe Ari Aster will 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 change his outlook and and go for a more comedic uh, journey ahead. Yeah. Well
2: I, I think that apparently um apparently I, I remember reading an interview a while ago that he uh this is the last horror film he wants to do at least for the foreseeable future mm. because he, his first two films have been horror films so he's made something of a name for himself as the yeah. new horror guy Absolutely. but apparently it's not all he wants to do and he said that he's written a lot of scripts including romantic comedies yeah. and musicals. Mm. And so he's going to step into some new genres um going forward. Yeah, I'm
0: um, excited. I'm excited I think he would have been he would have been good to direct
2: something like Doctor Strange to.
0: Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. 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 That would have been something good for him. Yeah.
2: I would love to um, see his version of a musical um because I think mm. he, like you you pointed out I think uh you know he has a, a real good focus on choreography and elaborate set pieces. Mm, yeah. And it's the kind, like if you yeah. watch this film, there's always something going on in the background mm-hmm. and, um, that kind of expansive set work and stage work yeah. is, uh, serves you really well. If you're trying to put on a big bombastic musical where you're wow. trying to corral, or and even control it like a, lots of a people. fantasy,
0: I think you would be good at
2: like anything yeah. touching, practical like, on yeah. certain
0: aspects of this. I feel like you would be good at anything like with the way, he did like i can imagine midsommar being a fantasy kind of movie if if they just touched more like if they went into the maybe into history the, of yeah. like, their rituals and things like they could, the could have easily made it yeah, more yeah. magical yeah, yeah you know yeah, yeah, yeah. um yeah totally. so i feel like it's something that he could do
2: i think um, he just needs to work on his on on you know se- finishing a story or a script yeah that has something complete to say because, mm-hmm. you know, but I will give him credit actually um, that I think he was at least trying to do something thematically a bit interesting with this film because it wasn't just a mm-hmm. uh, simple, a simple slasher film, as you no, said, no. Raph, I think no. that he tried to ultimately make a movie that was ultimately about a breakup. Yeah. Um, and about mm-hmm. the, um, yeah. and about a relationship that is coming to an end And, you know, that's something personal and relatable that he has tried to sneak into a story about what is something ultimately very fantastical and, you know, far off from our own reality.
1: Yeah. And you could you could say that this film is a bit ostentatious uh, because you're right. It is about a breakup and he makes this whole world um, out of it. Uh, And the breakup is actually uh, it comes from an uh, from from Ari Aster's actual personal breakup. Um, and he devised this story through his own experiences um so there's the relationship between Danny and uh Christian is it Christian
2: yes yeah
1: yes um stems from from you know uh realities uh that Ari Aster had with with his partner um so there's a believe a believability there um which we'll, I'm guessing we'll talk a bit more about the characters um but uh yeah just just to, to to hark back into the uh, the beginning, he had that with hereditary as well, where he imposes such a strong and heavy beginning that I feel like sometimes it can drive the audience away, especially those that don't see this as cathartic or don't see this as um, it's not light, you know, it's 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 the heaviness of it, like. It's unsettling, it's, it's, a, it's a sinister tragedy, and um, a lot of the, the, the tragedy's backdrop in the beginning is set against what seems to be a harsh winter, you know. And, and here he introduces the stark juxtaposition between winter and summer. Um, so there are yeah. clever ways that he introduces the story, but I get the heaviness of it can be such a burden for, especially for first-time viewers of his work, or for first-time viewers of horror, of, of of any horror so he poses he gives himself a, a challenge by doing so so maybe that's a bit of his fallback yeah
2: too. yeah absolutely um i do think the i i i do just think that you you mentioned that so that he apparently based um a lot of this script on a breakup that he was going through at the time i i will say i don't know what this says about me because i know that some people view this character as a kind of villainous person in the story and we can maybe we can address that later, but i I weirdly felt a, a little bit I could relate a little bit to the plight of um, Christian <laughs> and <laughs> I, obviously very different situation I, I've never been in a relationship with someone who's gone through you know a tragedy like that before. Yeah, yeah. but I have you know this okay, this is sharing time I guess I have been in a relationship. I have been in relationships before where towards the end it was clear that it was gonna end, but either someone involved in the relationship felt a sense of guilt in um breaking up with that person or just wanting to be wanting not 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 wanting to hurt their feelings at a feelings at like a sensitive time in their lives Mm -hmm. um Mm. so and i i could relate so i could see that that i could I, i felt that that was that may have been where he was you know sort of entering the story yeah and so i thought that that was quite um relatable
1: well I think I think the relationship is uh, very relatable I mean I see aspects of myself in Christian as well where there's that emotional uh, depravity or there's that uh, kind of emotional distance between uh, myself and, and 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 my wife let's say sometimes yes it, it is overbearing and sometimes it's a bit too emotional that I, I tend to like draw away I've had those moments but I've also had moments where I was Danny you know where I was way too much. So I think that relationship, mm. I do find myself, it's, it is relatable. I, I can't see yeah. it. Um, obviously, ultimately, yeah. what happens at the end, not relatable at all. I don't know what that is. But did um, <laughs> they meet their, their, their untimely death um, with, with reason? Uh, one can argue that maybe they had it coming. But I think that all, the, every character plays their flaw really well. Uh, in that sense that Mm. you don't like them and I think that's the point you're not supposed to so in a way because you don't like them it's okay that they die horrible gruesome deaths I don't know is that twisted (laughs) but but it's 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 it it definitely gives that off I mean Will Poulter I can't remember his character name but you're definitely oh um
2: uh yeah what was it is it Josh it Ma- was, was it mike i it was it mike it was josh right
1: do we still not have a mac uh, a- mark mark
2: mark Mark. Yes, mark. mark. Oh, okay, josh yeah. was um oh josh was the um josh was the, the guy from the, the good place uh william jackson harper mm,
0: yeah you go. yeah who is he was the, the guy with the uh, that was buried with his foot sticking out that's yes indeed. yeah
1: that's correct who is yeah. the only american actor in the film just fyi
2: yeah yes yeah, yeah. Um, it's very very eurocentric casting
1: Indeed. Um, so, yeah, so I think that uh, the ensemble does well at really feeding the audience uh, their dislikability. <laughs> and, uh, mm. and then to, to come to their deaths, sometimes I'm like, well, he did deserve it. Like, you know, the academic, the academic ambitions that, that, that um, William Jackson Harper had, uh, that fed his death, that, that really served his death because he, you know, he scratched too far, he went too deep. Um, and yeah, uh, Will, Will Poulter, um, who, again, I forgot his name, who, uh, Mark. Marsh, right? and they're simple names too. On, uh, yeah. Yeah. Like they, <laughs> they all kind of meet their deaths. Like, obviously, you know, like, like, why did you do that? Like they, they came in, in, in such a foreign perspective that they didn't really respect mm. what was going on in this cult.
2: Yeah. Mm. I, I suppose that's true, but it's not like that if they were, you know, nicer people that they wouldn't have still met the same fate. no they probably still die so i yeah. mean they were their, their their fates were sealed the moment they walked into that commune i mean they were being brought there for that purpose but i do agree that they are by and large very unlikable characters so no. you know we don't sympathize with them too much when they're Not getting much, no. killed but I, I have to ask you guys though you talk about like what people deserve and so i remember when i saw this film i spoke to a couple of people including my girlfriend at the time and a lot of her friends who are female. And they all agreed that they all thought that um, Jack Rayner's character, Christian, completely deserved what mm-hmm. he got at the end. They just thought mm-hmm. that he was the worst and that it was like a triumphant ending where she was, she was able to watch him burn in a, in a temple. <laughs> and, um, and I was just a little bit I mean, surprised. I was just I've like that a bit too much. <laughs> you, uh, you, what you thought he deserved it. No, I, I agree. I was like, I don't. I, don't, think I mean, so. he was a, he wasn't he, he. Obviously, he wasn't a great boyfriend and didn't seem like the nicest guy. Mm-hmm. But I mean, yeah, he didn't deserve getting burned alive. I think I think <laughs> what it is
1: is that these all the foreign males, um, especially uh, I guess on a woman's perspective, uh, they are a representation of corruptic toxic masculinity. Uh, and Are you, when you say
2: foreign, you're, when you say you're foreign, you're talking about the um, the uh, visiting Americans. Yeah, the, the
1: visiting, yeah, the travelers. Yeah, yeah, yeah The yeah, traveling yeah, yeah, males. Yeah, yeah. Uh, all there, all these male characters, apart from maybe the British guy, who don't we don't really know much about. They all kind of represent that that corruptive, toxic masculinity, um, and and I think Christian is kind of at the helm of that because he's in the relationship, and he he gets to have interactions uh, and, and back and back and forth with um, you know with, with Danny and you get to really see the, yeah, well, kind of a shitty boyfriend, you know, he's like your classic kind of shitty distant fucking boyfriend. So.
2: Yeah. But he, he, the only reason he's, but the the reason he's probably a terrible boyfriend is because inside he knows he doesn't actually love her and that he doesn't want to be with her, Yeah, but he's only staying with her because he's afraid to break up with her at a time when she's going through such, Unbearable, unimaginable grief.
0: Yeah,
2: and you can you could relate to that. I think if you were in his situation, it would be hard for you to break it off with someone who just essentially lost oh, their sure. entire family. Yeah, for sure. And the pro, I think this what this film's trying to say is that if you do something, you know, if you do something for someone else without taking your own feelings into consideration, it's just going to make you into a shittier person overall, and you're not going to be there for that person. So really you're just um you're 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 stealing, you're robbing both of you from of something that you need you know yeah yeah,
1: no for sure, and i think uh yeah so it it, it comes to extremes uh whether or not they th- their deaths were were reasoned with i i don't think ob- obviously not, but there is um yeah, I guess I guess the the highlights of of male toxicity is 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 there and but yeah, does it justify that they you know he got to be put in a bare fucking skin and burned alive? Eh, nah, maybe not. You know, it's a bit extreme. No,
2: but you're you're right. They are they are they are almost you know stereotypes of they are ter- yeah. of terrible guys, of yeah. terrible dudes. Yeah, um, absolutely.
0: So th- I mean, there's I mean, that.
2: mainly Christian and Mark. Yeah, yeah. I didn't see it. much. Yeah. Really josh josh is just like a bit overly um if anything, it's just you know? his naked ambition is his nerd, problem yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah
1: exactly he's, shut he's, up nerd <laughs> he's the classic he's the classic nerd in all of us um, yeah but um, speaking of
2: um yeah. oh sorry raf go ahead no
1: i think that was that was the end of my thought actually
2: i well, like no, to I finish wanna... with a butter <laughs> yeah i think it's a really classy way of closing up an argument butter but uh but uh um uh, moving on like just jumping off what you were saying about toxicity in general i did want to bring up the the issue of race in this movie Mm. um so i i I think some people picked up on when this film was released that um the people of color in this film uh often um the way like a lot of people obviously killed in this film but those in the people of color the characters they all die and their bodies are actually often used more as instruments or like as scene setting rather than by the actual in like the rituals themselves if that makes sense. So like the character of Josh is uh simple, is like buried in his body is buried in the farm mm-hmm. the, and then the um but they dug him out, right? Did they? Did they put him in one of the suits yeah. at the they, end?
0: They 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 ended up burning um, the guy that was in the, the chicken coop and Josh who, who was buried. Oh well, right, okay. And I remember they put them in the house at the end, but they were like they were facing each other. Okay. If I'm, if I'm not wrong.
2: Well I, I just yeah. I thought that maybe okay, so maybe maybe I might be reading into something that isn't there, but I was thinking that perhaps in its own way this was a little bit of a commentary on the on the um uh Sweden's past. Oh, because uh, mm-hmm. obviously Sweden is a very, um, you know, you think of, you think of the quintessential Swedish person, you're thinking of blonde, blue eyes, very white skin. Very Aryan. And mm-hmm. Sweden did have a history of, of, um, of uh, complying and co-conspiring with Nazis. And mm-hmm. then they've had like a, a, a quite a sour history of neo-Nazism and mm-hmm. that part of the world and in Scandinavia in general. And so I just wondered if there was uh, a, an element of that in how the people of color were treated in this film specifically or how their deaths occurred.
1: Right, maybe unintentionally? Um but Perhaps. that that's a very that's a, that's a very interesting observation.
0: I mean, in my opinion, the people of color used in the movie were the ones that had the closest thing to a voice of reason, like especially the couple, the the British couple, mm. they were the only ones that like freaked out uh, in yeah. that scene where yeah, yeah, yeah. the two elderly. Um, yeah. So they, they were like the voice of, they were basically the voice of the audience watching the movie mm-hmm. and um, mm. Josh's character as well. He seemed like the most intellectual of the group, the one who was there for a purpose to study the commune while everybody there like the rest of the crew were just like on holiday you know yeah Uh, so for me i i I believe that the the poc viewpoint was actually pretty i don't know it was like juxtaposed against the other characters Mm -hmm. i don't uh, i'm not sure how to explain it do you no, guys think
1: it makes sense? It makes sense what you what you said. The, the voice yeah. of reason yeah, being from these characters. Absolutely, I agree. With
2: you. Yeah, I wonder with you guys how at what point would you have said, "Peace, I'm out of here." Uh, well, what uh, in the in the theme? yeah? Because I think like a criticism I remember around the time this film came out was that people were like, "I just didn't believe that any of these characters would have even staying. pretended yeah. any of this was normal or stayed." Yeah, or that they would have been like. I'm 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 running out as yeah. soon as possible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, like, I'm I'm I, uh, catching I the first I have, bus.
0: I don't think I would have gone on the on the trip to begin with. <laughs> That's well, you wouldn't. You wouldn't He'd be like, hey, you want to come to like a cult thing? Well, uh, I mean, like, he would have nah, described bro. it otherly, right? <laughs> he would have
1: described it as you know a kind of paradise. He would have sold it to you. Yeah, um, and it
2: but, did but look they, like a, it did like, look like a like paradise. It just
0: knew that. Did. Yeah. Well. Yeah, when know. you first showed I, I up find, there. I find awesome. it weird, like, commune things. Like, from what I've seen in movies, it's always a, a bad sign. Though. Well,
1: you would have been the one Whenever who this have...
0: happens in movies, it's, like, a bad sign, you know? I don't know. It's weird. I would have definitely
1: taken the Kool-Aid. I would have definitely drunk whatever they offered me. Um, I, I think <laughs> I would have ended up very much, like, Mark in that regard. I would have been just, like, trying to, like, you know, have a sesh, you know, like... Just have some beers, <laughs> yeah, yeah. smoke some weed, take some psychedelics, and then meet my untimely death. Um,
2: I, 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 th- you would have gone gently into that good night, sir. Yeah, <laughs>
1: yeah. Because you know what, I, I see something like that, and I'm like, all right, I'm either fully in or I'm fully out. So you know, there isn't like any middle ground for that. But. Uh, yeah I'm interesting what your thoughts are on those on on that question as well ollie and, and Gabriel. and 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 to to further those thoughts, I wondered what you guys when you guys thought they they drank the kool-aid or when they kind of because there's that argument as well that um they they were in the cult they were in in it fully in it like from the get go like they when when they first t- took that mushroom uh when they first tripped out from that mushroom from that mushroom trip. Is when they like instilled themselves in in their control. Basically, they had no mm. no more freedom.
2: Hmm. Do you get so what you're I saying what? I don't, I don't know. So yeah, you're saying at some point in the film, at they point, kind of had they sealed yeah. their fates by relinquishing control and just kind of I think you know so.
1: yeah.
2: allowing them. Well, I don't know because I don't think it's it, it seemed a lot of the time like they weren't fully you know um, sold on what was happening. Mm or buying it so to speak it wasn't like they were completely accepting I think a lot of them were commenting like quite and you know in quite a funny fashion (laughs) on how weird and awkward and unusual a lot of what happening was (laughs) yeah like you know you've got like
0: by their costume and like what they were wearing they they were made to look like they were outsiders throughout the movie and I don't think they fully committed to the no. To the to the idea or to the cause of
2: the community, I think yeah. Christian's character may have drunk the Kool Aid so a to speak. little bit. Yeah. I think that I think the, the fact that he just went through with that kind of um, yeah. the deflowering of that woman just, I think there was a point where he was just like, yeah, you know what, I'm just gonna go with the flow here. Yeah, I'm just gonna well, lean he was in. was tripping balls, right? Yeah, but he he knew that she was he knew that she was um, that that was her hair. In the soup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So and that and he was sober gross. when he, he that made was, me want to
0: throw up. <laughs>
2: and he was sober then, and he didn't was. bring it up with anyone. No, and he was aware that he was taking part in this ritual, that he was the subject mm. of this supposed love love potion.
1: Yeah, and the cup did yeah, look vastly different from all the other cups, yet he did still drink it. So either he's mm. dumb or he just wanted to take part in whatever was going on.
0: Yeah. Well they did make him seem to be dumb yeah a bit daft like little yeah, <laughs> yeah. little um, chris pratt jr yeah <laughs> um
1: so that's all i saw i can see chris that pratt. now you know what now that it's you mentioned it, I can see it uh and and and, and to, to talk about the deflowering scene i mean i guess maybe we can jump into these kind of significant scenes that that were pivotal for the film and the deflowering is definitely one of them um and to give you a fact, there it was actually Jack Rayner's, uh, Chris Pratt Jr.'s idea to to run around naked um, after the deflowering because he thought it was a, a, lot, a, a more vulnerable state of being um, than anything. Um, but that scene and and I believe the um, the one where the, the all the women wail with with Danny, uh, those were maybe one mm-hmm. of one of my favorite and most most uh, strongest scene i mean that th- those th- that scene specifically where all of them wailing um, to get the grief out together in unison mm. was so powerful um and it brought me back to kind of my acting days we would we would have i was just like that. Yeah. i
2: was just about to ask you that i was going to say that one that's also that was probably i think the best scene in the film yeah um or the most interesting anyway mm-hmm. and i was going to yeah. ask like it 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 it, it, it Made me think of like some kind of acting oh, exercise, it, yeah, and I was gonna ask. Me back. I was gonna ask if you did that, you know, in between pretending to be a panda bear or whatever it is you do in acting school. Absolutely,
1: sport. like a pantomime in between that, I would I would <laughs> wail with my with my uh, fellow castmates and just to bring the the real depth of the scene of of me miming a, a cup of coffee. Um, (laughs) no, no, but, um, but, but yes, it did. And, and I think, um, a lot of, if there's any listeners out there that are currently undergoing acting programs or have undergone acting programs, there are moments like that where you find yourself with your ensemble and uh, in very, in very emotional and vulnerable states. So I can, I relate to that scene a little bit, um, yeah, and I was and I was the only uh, only guy with five other females in, in my ensemble, so it was very it was very powerful stuff. So that's why that scene, I think, um, has a bit of an impression on me.
2: Yeah, there is a nice there was a nice un, uh, undercurrent or idea of um, the power of of not just like collective groups that are bonding over emotion, but specifically women bonding yeah. with, bonding together, mm-hmm. like families that are not formed out of like necessarily a blood relation, but just by Mm -hmm. unburdening someone else and sharing their feelings the good and the bad yeah and Um, i think it was
0: really apparent in the it was really apparent with the two scenes of christian and danny like christian they were like basically using him yeah you know like there was the the moment where the old lady was like pushing him to like come on finish you know (laughs) while with danny it it was like no we're all in this together like we want to help you come to a better state and it just showed the the differences in what uh i guess both characters were going through like the, mm-hmm. in one section it was just support and the other was just like let's Ex- get this exploitation. over. exploitation yeah yeah <laughs> yeah i guess <laughs> yeah. no for sure and um because like pretty much they're like come on like Let's yeah, get this over and with. and Danny, and,
1: uh, yeah, and Danny goes through uh, a very specific journey compared to all the characters, and and, and I mean, I, mm-hmm. I, I, I I I would be remiss if I didn't mention that. I mean, it was anchored by an incredibly strong performance by Florence Pugh, and oh, she really, yeah, she really carries this narrative forward. You know, weaving in and out of grief with haunting those coughing wails. You know, it's just a remarkable mm. palette of emotion that leaves you almost bereft of your own emotions and shaken. So she, I mean, she's gonna, you know, she's gonna climb that ladder and and become something really, really powerful. She's such an incredible actress and everything I've seen her in so far has just been an absolute delight. Um, And this one in particular, uh, because it's, I mean, how, how impressive and how challenging is that role just to burst like that out of nowhere. Uh, Yeah, yeah. she's
2: um, she's she's really um, she's a real talent, and she's going to be winning a lot of Oscars in the future, I think. But I I, I also she's
0: she's supposed to be, she's supposed to be replacing um, what's her name, Black Widow. Her Mm -hmm. her name Scarlett Johansson. Yes. Basically, she's she's pretty much gonna replace her in the next movie, I think. Oh no way! She she has some sort of
2: well, she's playing her. She's gonna be in the Black Widow movie
0: yes yes indeed yep, yeah. Yeah. yeah playing yeah. her
1: sister i believe and yeah. i
0: yeah and, uh, her, her sister from the i guess whatever anyways we're not talking about blackwood <laughs> and she's dating um, and she's dating she's awesome. zach
2: braff from Scrubs. zach braff yes
1: i found that out <laughs> yeah, like, yeah yeah, yeah. which yeah.
2: is so yeah. weird it doesn't it's, random it's so weird. i mean yeah i hope i'm sure they're happy and yeah, good for them. But also good for but them. that also makes me feel a little gross
1: she received a lot of <laughs> she actually um <laughs> <laughs> well, she received a lot of backlash on, on, on social media, actually, when, when that kind of came out, and a lot of negativity mm-hmm. was, was like, thrown to her uh, because of that. She had to make – I th- I believe she made a video to, to comment on it.
2: Yeah, I guess it's no one else's business, really. No, it's not. So. But I, I, while we're talking about performances, I, I would just like – yeah, Florence Pugh is obviously the standout. But I'd like to give a shout-out to – I wrote these names down anyway because – I had to. Because um, Swedish names. But uh, <laughs> yeah, because Sweden. And <laughs> um, uh, Wilhelm Blomgren mm. played uh, Pele, who I just thought I just thought he had the most um <laughs> like disturbingly sweet and pleasant and boyish face. Yeah. And when you, like he had this he has yeah. this moon face and these really kind blue eyes. I, I trust it's him. actually a little bit it, yeah, but it's actually it's it, the way he's almost a little bit off putting in how Um, sweet and innocent he looks, especially when you juxtapose that against what he takes part in this movie. And then I wrote this other one down, uh, Liv Miones. I don't think she had a big part, but she was the woman the blonde woman, which doesn't narrow it down, I know, but she's the one who like, uh, which one again? opens. Yeah. The blonde one, you know, and, uh, she, blue eyes, you know, the blonde blonde, one, blue eyes, yeah, really, white, <laughs> really, tan. really like Scandinavian. Yeah. Looking, yeah. yeah. Um, but she, <laughs> she's the one that like opens Christian's eyes when, uh, he's oh, been, yeah. um, yeah. paralyzed yeah. and oh, yeah, that, yeah, that yeah, her yeah. like face, which is, she just has the most incredible, um, expression when she's doing that. And she, obviously she's, has a really menacing presence in the story, but she looks so like kind and caring when she does that, mm-hmm. and so I just really liked that contrast. And so I just thought she, would, I thought I'd chat her out.
1: Absolutely, yeah, no, and I, it makes me almost wish that part of it was, uh, sh- like, part of the movie shifted the focus to focus more on the the pagan cult and some of their leaders or some of their characters. But there wasn't really any emphasis on on that side of things, which is a shame because it could have brought. This movie too, to a whole new level. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, to carry on with some of our favorite scenes, um, I, I, I think, and this is probably uh, rather than the the wailing the wailing scene um, where all the women wail. Another one of my favorite scenes is is the ending, uh, where everyone is in is in full crisis uh, and and it's chaos and it's hysteria. Um, And it's such a, it's a very powerful scene because the score drives that through again. Um, And I feel like, you know, talking about the score again, you know, these ominous heavy tones to sink you deeper into the plot, I think it maintains a a balance between being portentous, eerily beautiful and absurdly, you know, folk and traditional. Um, The ending really has that. But there's also this interesting thing, which I found online. And for listeners out there that are interested, if they want to see that last final act again, they did one on YouTube where they take away the, the music. And it's it's, it's, a whole different, you know, it's a whole different scene. And it's, it's even more um, disturbing than, than with the score. Whoa. How
2: interesting. How about no? <laughs> How about never gonna watch this movie ever again? Uh, <laughs> yeah, J. Briel's like, uh yeah, I can't wait yeah. to never watch that. Yeah. Uh, fair enough. I am talking
0: to uh no one. I'm I'm choosing the next theme you guys. I'm flipping yes, the please, script actually. the next that's, that's great. I'm that's coming great. for
2: you guys. I... J. like next theme is like yeah. football movies. You know? <laughs> We're just gonna be watching he's just gonna be forcing me to go through my own horror. We're gonna experience. watch goal one, two, and three. <laughs> yeah, no, no. Or oh, no no, or you're just gonna end up, you know, you know, punishing yeah. me by making Liverpool me watch my film. idea of a horror film, which is yeah, basically just like all the, you know, like Michael Owen's best goals yeah, for Liverpool yeah. or, or like <laughs> all the like a high a, hi- no, a no, highlight no, no. reel of Liverpool kicking yeah, Manchester. Manchester. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, no, I'm not gonna punish you guys. I'm not gonna punish you guys. Yeah, I think it's just, yeah, we'll see, we'll see. We still have one more movie out of these we summer do, we ones. We um,
1: But yeah, I yeah. think um, I don't know. I don't know if we if we went through everything with this one. We we certainly colored uh, a lot of it. Um, I don't know if we want to go into ratings mm. or anything like that. Uh, I did have a few facts, but that's just you know for listeners that are interested. It's just like things that that we missed, you know that you may have missed throughout the film because there's a lot yeah. of that with with this with this film now that I've rewatched it.
0: Yeah. Well, I guess it's a good time to just let the the listeners know that we have um a publication on Medium now. So, we might write a few blogs here and there just in case we missed out stuff if we want to talk about certain movies. Maybe there's stuff that like really isn't for the podcast but we want to mention it. Like we're going to put it up there. So, if you have a membership on medium you can just find us there on the movie newbie and yeah maybe some of these things are there but how about you hit us up with a few uh, fun well, facts I guess like hot like
1: yeah I mean I just just gunshots, gunshots. yeah <laughs> I, I can I can most certainly do that it's just like tiny little things that we may have missed um, that uh, any listeners out there would find interesting Uh there is one and I think this one's maybe the most notable one. But when Danny is being carried to the dinner table, so it's towards the end of the film. You can see a face that appears in the bushes, and it's somewhat suggestive that it's the sister, perhaps. Um, oh. And if you you know if you have this film, rewind, go to that section. It's towards the end of the film after the uh, I like to call it the Danny Go Around, but it's when Danny does the whole like Midsummer tradition of going around the the
2: the maple. The yeah,
1: uh, she's carried off, and there is a shot where you can see her and the bushes, the the background, and there's a face, quite like vivid. You can see it quite well once you once you notice it. Um, and there's also the man who is because th- this confused me a bit. Uh, the man who was wearing Mark's flesh. Did you guys know who that happened to be?
0: No. Was it the guy that was beefing with Mark? Yes.
1: Da, 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 boom. Oh yeah,
0: the guy that like was like that's get off the one. My yeah, tree. so that <laughs>
1: don't get yeah, out get of the out tree. Of the tre- that's a perfect <laughs> Scandinavian accent. Get out of the tree. That's more. But that's more yeah. German from from yeah, my <laughs> um, Sorry Sorry, any listeners out there, we don't mean to offend anyone. Um, but yeah, he it, it's uh, his name is Ulf, and uh, yeah, he was the guy that was yeah. screaming at Mark for peeing mm. on the uh, ancestral tree
2: um i i yeah he did uh he did not take a joke no man, he did not i think
1: uh, and tough hang <laughs> and i think he was like are you going to kill him and yeah well he did so there we go because <laughs> uh, <laughs> i think he even one of the guys even down. asked wolf like hey are you going to kill him and but like he never answers that question but obviously he did because yeah he's wearing his face
0: well, yeah, Mark was like, is that guy
2: going yeah, to me? Yeah, there we
0: oh, go. Nobody
2: else. Yeah. So, boom, boom, boom. I, uh, yeah. I I, do think that it's funny when the Olf showed up wearing Mark's skin, you know, wearing mm-hmm. Mark's skin as a mask. And, yeah. uh, you know, J- Josh's character, you know, saw the silhouette of Mark from a distance and was like, Mark, what are you doing here? And I was like, that guy does not look like Mark.
0: He's completely (laughs) different dimension
2: it's like yeah mark suddenly like dropped six inches and put on a lot of weight
0: yeah 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 i was like who at at first i didn't even realize it was mark i was like who is this person Uh, well the mask did have his
2: very distinctive eyebrows
0: it did it did and his his energy
2: breathing (laughs) <laughs> yeah
1: uh those those uh, will poulter eyebrows are the best uh, um, yeah,
2: best
1: eyebrows best, is. Oh, best eyebrows yeah. is. um all right yeah that's, that's kind of all the facts i have and, and if there's any more i i will put them up there
0: yeah well on that note then i guess we should move on to some yes. ratings
1: well why don't you start a software here, well, since yeah. you're the one who maybe found more of a dislike in this film
0: me yeah so i liked the visuals it was it was quite good i liked the the score but the story i found lacking mm-hmm. um so for me it's gonna be a mm, it's gonna be five uh pagan virgin oh, pubic hairs Jesus. out All of right. 10 good one Wolf. good God, one uh,
1: and fantastic. <laughs>
2: Okay, no, that's. that's no, that's hey, keep gross. it. No, we're, we're keeping <laughs> it in. We're keeping leave it, it there. It. Just leave it right <laughs> there. Yeah, yeah. You have to live with your choices.
0: No, no, that is what it is. It is what it is. Uh, Raph? um,
1: I, I think it, it's a trip worth taking, uh, pun intended. Uh, it's definitely more unsettling than, than it is frightening. It definitely uh, is a lot more disturbing than it is scary. Uh, it's got a slow gradual build that ends with a, with a kind of a bombastic climax. It's anchored by an incredibly strong performance by Florence and the ensemble manages to, to also carry, carry their own weight. Um, visually striking, uh, technically gifted and, and I think, uh, as a whole of production, Production quality to it that 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 makes it um, that makes that goes up there you know that makes it different from from your from your uh, usual horror film and the fact that it uses sun uh, and light rather than darkness and the moon it flips the horror elements around saying that the story is a little thin uh, you can definitely scratch at the surface once you want to dig deeper and that depth isn't really there. But I will give it, uh, I will give it a whole eight eyebrows, eight Will Poulter Poulter eyebrows out of 10. (laughs) Uh,
2: Yeah, and for me, I guess I'll say, yeah, achingly beautiful film um, in terms of its uh, technical aspects. Um, I think it plays with some really interesting novel concepts approaches horror in a new f- in a new way um but ultimately i think the story lands with a thud i think it's a sign of really promising things to come for its director ari aster but i don't think it's a complete experience um so for that reason i'm going to oh i'm gonna have to give it a six blood eagles out of ten uh, i'm i'm hovering on seven um, i might just okay you know what? i'm just gonna say seven blood eagles yeah. Um, we got decimals, man. Don't Six point eight. Blood <laughs> eagles. There we go.
1: Blood Eagles. Nice. That's a lot of Blood Eagles. That's too many for my liking. uh
2: Yeah, I don't. I think one Blood Eagle <laughs> is enough. <in> <laughs> Maybe
0: give this one a one Blood Eagle. How about how about how about no Blood Eagles? How about no Midsummer? <laughs> you gotta <laughs> have one Blood Eagle. <laughs> what? Have no Blood uh, Eagles? Come <laughs> on, oh, you gotta have one at least. um on, ah, yeah. How about, how about you
2: don't watch it <laughs> yeah. How, yeah, yeah. How about, yeah, yeah. how about you watch <laughs> yeah. Space Jam? How about, yeah. how about we watch Space, yeah, how about we watch Space Jam yeah. instead?
1: <laughs> hey, to some, that's even <laughs> scarier than Midsommar,
2: so. Yeah, I mean, you know, Michael Jordan's yeah. acting is pretty <laughs> It's pretty scary, scary. <laughs> it's pretty
0: scary. I mean, Space Jam, as much as I loved it as a kid, it's a pretty trash movie. I've not
2: rewatched it as an adult. It's bad. no, but I loved that was my favorite movie when I was seven years oh, old. Yeah. So I, I I I'm scared to rewatch it and Fame. ruin yeah. that memory yeah. for me. I had the we soundtrack on I would actually you. totally be up for that. I have the sound the soundtrack was the first CD I ever kind of received myself. Yeah. And I played that was basically like my intro to hip hop. Mm. Good old R. Kelly. <laughs> yeah, oh that yeah, that hasn't aged badly. <laughs>
0: Oh no. Uh no, no comment. No comment. Uh <laughs> no comment. <laughs> uh but other than that it's it's yeah, space Jam But anyways, um I guess we've got uh, all our ratings Thanks for watching now. it. Thanks for enduring and, it, Gabriel. Uh, Sorry if
1: it was a bit of a hard one. Or...
0: Oh dude, I really really didn't enjoy that movie.
2: Like thank god it it looked it, nice. I don't know you're about to say thank god it ended. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh yeah, thank God it ended too. Like <laughs> I honestly couldn't do it. So like today, um my my computer like randomly crashed during my second sitting. And it was like towards the end, like right before the burning scene. So I was like, you know what? I could just probably watch this on YouTube if I really have to watch this on YouTube. Like I <laughs> just might watch just clips. It. But in the end. Yeah. Yeah, no, in the end I, I Well good. I finished good. it and I yeah. went through it. And I hope the next one isn't as fucking annoying to watch. Like, no, the next one's Ollie's <laughs> choice.
1: I hope, so I hope it's, it's... it's going to be brilliant. Oh.
2: Yeah. yeah. Well, that, um, that's kind of making it hard. For
1: me yeah, you better come up with a good one, Ollie. <laughs> I feel
2: like you're hyping. Yeah, you're setting me up to fail. Thanks, Rob. Always. always.
0: <laughs> All right. Well. Well, I, think... I guess we should end it here. Yeah. Um, before, before we go, just want to remind you guys that. You got to like, share, subscribe, five stars, comment, review, um, let your friends know, let your mom know, your dad know, everyone. And um, thanks for listening, guys. Catch you guys soon. Hey, guys, if you like the show, don't forget to check us out on Facebook and Instagram. You can find us on both at The Movie Newbie. Thanks for listening, guys, and catch you soon.